Episode 23, Tony Richens. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, we've surpassed 5,000 downloads and have kept a five-star rating since we launched. Thanks so much for your participation and your feedback and keep it coming. We truly are moving the needle on employee engagement with this show. We've learned from so many great mentors so far, and we've got another one on the show today. She's passionate about seeing the world shift from workplaces rooted in satisfaction to those thriving because of engaged employees. Gone are the days of annual satisfaction surveys. Employees don't stay because they're satisfied. There's just too many options out there. You know, the average employee tenure age 36 and below is under two years. And since this population is taking over in our workplace, we must realize we have to do things differently. You know, this population, they crave things like meaning and utilization, and we have to understand how to provide that. Satisfaction initiatives just won't cut it. So today we'll be talking with Tony. Tony Richens, a global HR leader with a passion for real human interaction in the workplace. Today, Tony is the CEO of HRtisan, leading a team of seasoned HR executives across the United States. We've got a lot to capture in this show, but first, let's hear from our today's Gut Plus Science sponsor. Are you still using Pulse surveys? How about annual questionnaires? If your organization relies on either of these, it's time to discover Amplify. Amplify has created a new way to measure employee engagement. It's where CEOs who want to know what's really happening within a workforce go to get honest feedback and to understand what needs to change for people to love their work. Companies that have used Amplify have increased productivity by as much as 30% in just three months. Best of all, it's not just data that Amplify provides. Executives get hands-on coaching with engagement specialists, people who know exactly what to do with the data. To see their latest research on employee engagement, visit Amplify.com. Hey, and Tony, welcome to the show. I know I don't have to remind you that our theme on this show is a passion to inspire better workplaces, and I know that is in your blood. And so we're ready to hear your insights today, especially around employee engagement versus employee satisfaction. Gone are the days of employees staying because they are satisfied. They're looking for so much more. So we're going to dive right in. How is employee engagement different than employee satisfaction, and why do you think there's been such a shift in today's workplace towards employee engagement. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. I love this topic. It's very important to organizations and all HR executives out there. So we'll just dive right in and start talking about it. So engagement differs from satisfaction in that engagement involves the heart, hands, and mind of the employee. So rather than the transactional relationship brought on about by satisfaction factors, engagement occurs when the engagement, but quotes magic elements are, are, are there. So meaning autonomy, growth, impact, and connection are all in place and rowing at the same time in the same, in the same direction. So satisfaction is a transactional, more so a quid pro quo. You give me X and in return, I give you Y relationship. Uh, when satisfaction, when I do something, it's because I know that I'll receive something in exchange and that makes my effort worth 
what I put into it. So if you will, satisfaction elements are generally the price of admission. So we must have the tools to, to succeed. The compensation must be fair. We must be treated with dignity and respect. However, many companies stop there, assuming that employees will be engaged if each of these elements are in place. Further, you know, as em- employers provide these, you know, let's bring in a foosball table, hot chocolate, machine for every floor, you know, the more satisfied you'll be. Um, but that's not quite the truth. So while satisfaction is important, it's transactional and reaches a point of diminishing returns. So foosball tables, free drinks only go so far. Yet, you know, as these employees can attest, magic happens when it includes the heart, hands, and mind. So when we're thinking about a shift to engagement, I think, you know, employee engagement is not your, you know, garden variety buzzword anymore. It's an important business concept um, with direct impact on company profitability. And yet it's a concept that's still widely misunderstood. Uh, There's a widespread concern among businesses in every industry about, you know, the shift in attitudes among workers. Um, Take older workers. You know, they tend to take ownership of their jobs and they demonstrate a, you know, a a sense of concern for their responsibilities, for their customers. You take younger workers, they're entering the workforce. They have a more, you know, a different attitude, perhaps since, you know, changing jobs now has become an accepted norm. So, you know, that's on a high level view, that's the difference between engagement and satisfaction. Um, And those are my thoughts on why we're shifting more to engagement. So, Tony, I know that such a key to engagement is the team member's direct manager. And I'd love to hear your thoughts around um, really helping managers to understand the keys behind driving engagement and and really understanding how do they level set to understand where their team is and what are the most important elements of being a manager that truly inspires engagement and motivation on team members? So, you know, I can tell you that in my opinion, I mean, the single most powerful path to employee motivation is the relationship with their managers and management in general. So communication and mutual respect are crucial. You know, some of the other factors, in, I mean, there has to be trust and there has to be job stimulation. There have to be career options. You know, there has to be company pride and stimulation. And all of that comes from their manager because that's the person that they're engaged with the most. So for managers to be able to, to tap into those motivations of their team and knowing that everyone is motivated differently, They have to be trained to understand what those levers are, if that makes sense. You know, they have to understand that, you know, they have to have new challenges. They have to give them self-esteem and a clear understanding of why that employee is an asset to the company. And that needs to come from their manager directly, you know, how they fit into the overall scheme of things. So in order to care, that manager must validate that employee for their contributions. So they must know, you know, what they do is critical to the success of the company. And the most powerful truth in the business is that it's true. You know, what they do really does make a difference. 
That's really good. So I really captured six different things that you've shared that are just a lot to juggle. And so I want to break down um, these because we have many listeners that are struggling to be able to drive engaged teams and they really want that, but they're like, how do I break these concepts down and, and really get there? So if we were to boil all of this down and say, okay, when it comes to many managers that are leading remote distributed workforces, so sometimes they aren't even in the same office. Um, how, you know, where do we start with like one-on-one time and how much we communicate and just starting to build that relationship from start to, you know, a seasoned relationship? Like if you could break that down, what are some of the keys from how often do you communicate how do you listen? Like how much time is spent on personal conversation versus, you know, professional growth opportunities? And I know that this is such a loaded thing, but kind of where do you start? I mean, you're right. It's a loaded question, but there's, I mean, you can start depending on your organization, especially if you have, you know, a a situation where you have a lot of remote employees. I mean, when it comes to a strategy, for an organization to prioritize and, you know, in an employee engagement strategy, you know, focus on professional development. You know, that's an important part of employee um, engagement. They need to be challenged and and interested in that challenge and connected with the work they're doing, especially if they're remote. You know, when you go into a one-on-one, don't have it just be audio, have it be video. So, you can see them and they can see you and you can have that connection. Make sure that your cell phone's not sitting there um, because that's a distraction. They're just probably wondering, you know, okay, are they going to text? Are they going to, you know, have it not being in the, in the shot at all? Takes all of that guesswork out of it. That's what engagement looks like, you know, from a professional development. They, you know, respect and recognize their contributions. I mean, that's how I start off all of my one-on-ones is, is recognizing what they've done, how they've done it, and the impact that it's made. Um, you know, employees so often feel engaged with their contributions and ideas, and and when their efforts are recognized and respected, you know, and how frequently you're asking employees for feedback and ideas to help improve internal processes, you really need to stop back and think about that because it, it, you may think that you're asking more than you are, and if you're only asking once a quarter, that's not enough. You know, is there a formal employee recognition program, career opportunities? You know, can you improve the quality of the work environment of the day to day? You know, that plays an important role in how engaged employees, how they feel. You know, how does your corporate culture stack up? You know, evaluate steps that you could take to improve the day to day work environment and the relationships between the employees and their managers. You know, the managers really have to take the lead on this because it's their responsibility. Um, It's the employee's responsibility to make sure they're present, active and engaged and a part of this journey. But it's the manager to be able to lay that foundation so they can hop on. Really good sense. And it takes us back to really you laying the foundation for us to go down this path of building an engaged opportunity between a team member and a manager through these key concepts that this manager is is bringing to the table or this leader is bringing to the table. And I think at the very foundation, we have to have that trust and respect like you shared um, in the beginning. What do you think is the core, the core illustration or quality attribute that a leader brings to the 
table to build trust where during one-on-one interactions, an employee really feels that they can share and that they can be vulnerable. What do you think that that manager is illustrating or the practices that they're bringing to be able to, to, to build that? I think that they really have to come to the table with their listening skills have to be present and they have to be on. You're not going to build trust by sitting there halfway listening or not having eye contact or multitasking when it's when it's their time, because then that just devalues, you know, everything that that, you know, they want to bring to the table, you know, for an employee and a manager to sit down. That's their time to shine. That's their time to tell their story. That's their time to to tell you this is what I want my future to look like here. And, and, you know, there's a lot of nonverbal cues that you can pick up, too. You know, if employee is satisfied but not engaged, you're going to pick up on those things because they're not going to ask how I can help. They're not going to ask if they can get involved in a project that, that they want. Um, they're not going to, you know, say, I want to ensure that my goal alignment, you know, is occurring at every level of the organization. And it's, and it's communicated, you know. For me, for someone else, they're not going to ask any questions like that. And that's when you start picking up on those nonverbal cues that are just so important to understand because you may be on the cusp of losing a very good employee because you're not picking up on what, what their needs are. That's really good. And I'm going to shift just a little bit here because I'm really curious um, for our listeners that are really uh, wanting to focus on engagement and make that shift from, you know, their annual satisfaction surveys that they've done the, in the past, or maybe even like I talked to a company today and they've been doing them once every two years when the average millennial is staying in their organization for like 18 months as a, you know, average tenure. So we've got to be asking a lot more frequently how, our people are doing and really taking a pulse on that. So making that shift from satisfaction to engagement, how do you recommend that organizations prioritize their initiatives? Like, you know, where, if they've never even got started down this path, where do they start? They need one, identify what employee engagement means to them. They, they need to identify, you know, what are the things that are going to be most important, you know, in, in measurement from their employee engagement programs? You know, is it, do they want to increase, you know, employee performance? Do they want to increase retention? Do they want to increase quality, you know, customer satisfaction? Are they trying to, you know, attract better talent to the company? Are they trying to increase profitability? Um, Maybe it's brand image, maybe it's innovation, Uh, maybe it's turnover. So whatever, employee engagement means to that company, first, I think they need to identify that. And then, you know, I I often look for some common themes for disengaged teams. Um, So I look for, you know, use distance language such as them and they when they refer to team members. If I'm sitting there talking with my team, you know, are they saying them and they instead of we? You know, are, are are they inward looking? Looking? Are they focused on their own work in isolation and not being and not putting themselves as part of a team? You know, do they have what I call in quotes a fixed mindset? So that's a belief that you know traits like talent and in, intelligence are fixed and can't be changed. Do they shy away from controversial discussions? You know, either pretending there's no conflict 
being polite or agreeing to disagree, and then very matter-of-factly taking themselves out of the equation. Um, and are problems focused? You know, are they focusing on what is wrong rather than what can be done about it? So I would start there. I would define what employee engagement means to me and my company. I would look for those, what I call themes of disengaged teams and what are the common drivers. And so I would identify what those are. And then I would come up with, you know, a, a, a strategy to say, you know, how are we going to approach this? And, you know, I would re- avoid rote surveys altogether, you know, leading companies to significant resources, you know, like to craft employee engagement surveys. Uh, so they ask pointed, clear questions that, you know, go beyond measuring satisfaction. You know, they pour through the data to find hidden stories. I'm sure that you can talk a lot about a lot about that. And then, you know, are they if goal alignment's important to them, you know, are they focusing on that? So that's how I would that's what how I would start to identify whether they have a problem, you know, what employee engagement means to them and what are the what are the steps that initially we're going to take to dive into this. All right. So Tony, um, I'd like to go just a little bit deeper on that. So you're working in many different organizations and you're building a team yourself, driving engagement and then seeing a vast majority of companies out there that are making this shift from satisfaction to engagement. You're probably seeing these popular themes yourself in these common drivers that are coming to the surface that these companies are struggling with. What's the most popular themes out there, the common drivers that you're seeing around disengagement? So a lot of them that I'm seeing, and and this is both, you know, with my consulting career here and then my consulting when, you know, when I was in Southern California, it's the same thing, is that they don't feel that they're being listened to. They don't feel that they're being valued. They don't feel that the things that they're bringing to the table, whether it's a solution for a problem, whether it's an idea that they can put forth to solve another problem, um, whether it's an idea for a technology, um, they just don't feel like they're being heard. They're being dismissed. You know, maybe they're being told, "Oh, that's good. That's that. You know, that's not in the uh, you know in the forecast right now. That's not what we're focusing on." But we'll let you know if if priorities shift. So then they start using you know that distancing language I was talking about as far as them and they, and then taking themselves out of that whole team member. Uh, mentality. And then they, you know, they shy away from, you know, they start focusing on, you know, what is wrong rather than what can be done about it. So they stop bringing solutions to the table and really they stop showing up. We've talked today about the difference between engagement and satisfaction. We've talked about how to empower managers to get a better understanding of how to drive engagement on their teams. And then we've started to understand how to prioritize and break these things down into steps so it's not so overwhelming. So with that, companies are going to be trying a bunch of new things. I'd like to understand from you, they're trying something and they want to know what's working. What's your best recommendation on how to measure the impact of these the new things that they're trying? I would start looking at at this holistically. So, you know, satisfaction, motivation, and happiness are, you know, all like seeds, soil, and water, right? So without them, you can't grow. But, you know, on their own, they don't create engagement either. So, you know, here are the things that, that, that I look for. So, um, you know, to grow engagement, you need the energy of the employer, 
and employees communicating, collaborating, building trust, you know, promoting their shared values. And, and that's when that magic that we talked about earlier happens. So I would look for, you know, are the employees taking responsibility for their own engagement? You know, are they strong advocates for the company and the brand? Do they remain committed even during the hard times? And, you know, all companies have hard times. But, you know, watch, you know, are they committed? And if they are, your engagement is going to be that much more robust. You know, are they, are they you know, do they bring quality and safety issues to management? Um, do they create energy and others that, you know, can be, you know, felt? Do they feel, you know, do, do they feel entitled or don't they feel entitled? You know, there's an appreciation and a gratitude and a willingness to contribute. You know, so those are just some things, you know, that they can look for as far as, you know, how they're measuring their employee engagement, you know, methodologies and, and if they're doing if they're doing it right. You know, uh, I would look for collaboration as well. And, you know, is there a we mentality? Because once they once they create a we mentality, the organization is going to be, you know, empowered and determined and, and self-led, uh, and it's going to be genuine. So those are the things that I would look for as far as, you know, how are we measuring our engagement? Are we doing it right? And do we are, are those things being felt within the organization? And to bring this all together, um, an engaged workforce or a disengaged workforce has a direct impact on the overall company culture. And I think many times culture and engagement as terms are used interchangeably, but they're very unique entities to an organization. Can you kind of talk and help us level set on the difference between a company culture and employee engagement and how the two of them directly work together? You know, I would describe culture as, you know, the behavior and practices of an organization, you know, exhibited by, you know, both both stated and unstated rules and expectations. You know, it provides a picture of how the company and its employees function as a whole. And the culture is dictated by leadership. You know, there's systems and processes, you know, which influence, you know, both the employees and the organization's behavior. So engagement, on the other hand, is the level of commitment which an employer group of employees will give to an organization. So on both an emotional and intellectual level. Um, so those are some of the difference, but you know, where we are aware that it's a combination of both engaged workforce in a strong company culture, which drives you know, effective business performance. So how you go about achieving that is you know, having clear company mission, empowerment, leadership, shared values. And the company makes engagement a priority. That's huge. The, the company has to make it a priority to reinforce the message to leadership that high levels of employee engagement and retention is vital. And then the last thing is, is the real-time measurement. You know, the process of measuring and evaluating engagement, you know, to move away from just those annual surveys to real-time quick pulse employee surveys and feedback to identify, you know, how the employees really feel. Confidentially, you know, and, and continually identify strong and weak areas of the culture, you know, that can be improved on. Um, so, you know, there's a takeaway from, you know, culture, 
versus engagement and, and how they come and they work together. Tony, my truth, you can act on section today, which is like my key takeaways is going to be loaded up. I've already got like 12 different points. I'm going to have to figure out how to disseminate that. Such good information. We're going to take a quick break to hear from a fabulous Gut Plus Science sponsor. We'll be right back. Purple Ink's customized HR services will help you make your workspace joy-powered. Whether you're looking for help with recruiting, compliance, or leadership training, they listen to what you need and tailor their solutions to you. Check out purpleinkllc.com. That's purpleinkllc.com to find out how they can help your business. And look for the Joy-Powered Workspace podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This is what we call the lightning round of Gut Plus Science, where we get to learn just a couple things about you. Um, you can just give us real short answers. Just want to get to know you a little bit more. So first up, what hobby do you most enjoy when you're not working? I like to look at real estate and specifically historical homes. Awesome. So favorite vacation spot, if you could just pick one. Napa. Nice. What is your favorite book or um, what book would you recommend today to our listeners? I really love uh, Laszlo Bach's Work Rules. Awesome. And Tony, for our listeners today that would love to follow up and connect with you further, how can they reach you? Um, they can reach out on um, our website at www.hartisansolutions.com or email me directly at tony at hartisansolutions.com. Tony, thanks so much for helping us understand engagement versus satisfaction and the clues to diagnose our own culture. So many great ideas and best practices on today's show. And so now I'm going to sum up some key takeaways in what we call the truth you can act on section. So first of all, employee engagement and employee satisfaction are not the same. Ensure that you understand the difference in how to get a true read on engagement levels of your leaders and team members. You will only consistently improve when you measure. So are you measuring the right things. Um, one of the simplest ways to gain buy-in from an employee is listening. So be as intentional as possible in developing your listening skills as a leader. Practice less talking and do more listening this week. How do you know if your team members are challenged? One of the keys to engagement is whether or not an employee feels challenged in their work, a position where they feel like they are growing. So equip your managers to have real conversations with team members to understand the challenge level that they're feeling in the work that they're doing. And finally, culture is a collection of behavioral practices of the organization, both stated and unstated. Are there unintentional negative norms that are happening in your organization and need to be discussed? We suggest appointing a group of people to keep an eye on the norms and report on them regularly and consistently so that unintentional negative norms aren't taking over in your workplace. So that's it today on Gut Plus Science. Take some of these, take one of these ideas and go have a new conversation or try something new to move the needle on employee engagement in your workplace. We'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.